This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the Trump campaign is executing a full court press in Florida. The president and the vice president are both campaigning in Miami-Dade today, including a rally at a nationally televised town hall meeting. 66 more people have died in Florida from COVID-19. Our death toll stands at 15,788. That's more than the entire population of St. Augustine. A new report in the South Florida Sun-Sentinel says state officials are fudging the COVID numbers by using an unusual method to calculate the positivity rate. If they use the regular method, our rate is twice as high, and we do not meet the standard for reopening. It should not come down to individuals to be responsible for all of the science that is coming out of that data. This is state leadership's failure. The latest casualty of Florida's COVID crisis is the Gator football team. This weekend's game against LSU has been postponed after 19 UF players and two coaching assistants tested positive. This is the time of year when migrant workers begin harvesting fall crops in South Florida, so the state is setting up additional COVID-19 testing sites for farm workers in St. Lucie and Miami-Dade. There's a new poll showing trouble for Trump in his new home state. On the Sunrise interview, we'll talk with pollster and pundit Steve Vancor, who says Joe Biden appears to have a solid lead in the Sunshine State. But remember, polls are not predictors. <laughs> this is not me predicting. <laughs> but I, I think right now you have to give the advantage to Biden. We're seeing a lot of enthusiasm. He's got a lot more money than the president does. If you look at those vectors, current polling, money, enthusiasm. And by the way, among new voters, Trump is losing among new voters. And uh, uh, Biden is winning that group. We'll also have your calendar of political events, and we'll finish the show with three Florida Man stories featuring crooks who left a calling card, the campus crapper, and a middle school girl who was ordered to quarantine because she got her period. Really. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 15th. It was on this date in 1969 that the U.S. Vietnam Peace Moratorium was held in towns and cities across the country. It was the largest demonstration in U.S. history, with an estimated 2 million people involved. Demonstrators wore black armbands to signify their opposition to the war and pay tribute to the Americans killed there. More than 58,000 of our people died in Vietnam during the 12-year war. COVID-19 topped that in just a couple of months. Today's the day Donald Trump and Joe Biden were supposed to debate in Miami. The president canceled after the group that runs the debate said it would be a virtual instead of a face-to-face meeting because of COVID-19. But Team Trump is still coming to Miami-Dade. At 12.30, Vice President Mike Pence is holding a Make America Great Again rally in Miami at the Memorial Cubano, which honors Cubans who died under Fidel Castro's dictatorship. At 2.30, the Vice President hosts a Faith in America event in Miami-Dade. At 4, Eric Trump will be part of a Evangelicals for Trump event in Broward County. And at 8, Donald Trump will be in Miami to take questions from Florida voters during a one-hour town hall meeting broadcast by NBC. He's also holding a rally Friday at 4 in Ocala and is expected to visit Fort Myers, too. A new survey from the Business and Economics Polling Initiative at Florida Atlantic University shows approval ratings for the president and the governor continue to slide. Back in May, Ron DeSantis was flying high. His positives were 19 points higher than his negatives. But the new poll shows only 43% of Floridians approve of the governor, while 48% disapprove. So he's down almost 25 points and is now minus 5 on his approval rating. Trump's approval rating sits at 44%, while most Floridians, 51%, disapprove of his performance as president. That's a negative 7 rating, and it's a 5-point drop from his September numbers. 
Florida added almost 2,900 new cases of coronavirus Wednesday. That brings the statewide total to more than 741,000. The state health department also reported 66 additional fatalities, increasing the death toll to 15,788. Now, the vast majority of them were Florida residents, but 193 were from other states or countries who just happened to die in Florida. A new report in the South Florida Sun-Sentinel says the DeSantis administration has hidden the true extent of the COVID-19 pandemic by using a misleading measure of positive cases to justify the reopening of schools and businesses. While the state health department claims our positivity rate has regularly fallen below 5%, there are other health organizations publishing data that shows the rate may be dramatically higher. It can be determined at least three different ways, and in two of those cases, Florida's positivity rate does not meet the standard for reopening. The COVID Tracking Project and Johns Hopkins University say Florida's positivity rate is actually 10% or higher. Now, we've been warned about this before. Remember Rebecca Jones? She worked on the COVID-19 dashboard at the state health department and was fired after she accused state officials of rigging the stats to justify reopening. Cases are trending upward for every single age group in the state, especially those who are under the age of 35. We've seen an astronomical increase in pediatric cases. We've seen additional pediatric deaths, which the state has not been transparent about. Um, and what's going on right now with schools is really unprecedented. It should not come down to a scientist with a group of nonprofits to track this information across the entire state. It should not come down to individuals to be responsible for all of the science that is coming out of that data. This is state leadership's failure. And I am very concerned that the rapid increase in cases in schools and the recent deaths of teachers is being overshadowed by this unscientific message that's being pushed now that this is only a threat to the elderly and the sickly. First as if those people don't count and as if their deaths are somehow less worse than somebody who's young and or healthy. That is discounting people like that is unacceptable. Jones says the method Florida is using to determine the positivity rate is creating a false sense of security. The Sentinel says Florida itself calculates another version of that rate that shows the pandemic is worse than state officials have claimed. That calculation shows we've never been under the 5% threshold. Saturday's football game between the Gators and the LSU Tigers has been postponed because of the virus. That decision was made one day after UF's athletic director suspended team activities because 19 players and two coaching assistants tested positive for COVID-19. The game is tentatively rescheduled for December 12th. Now, the Gators are not alone on this. Schools and conferences have postponed more than two dozen college football games. Many teams have also had to play without key players. The fall harvest is about to begin in South Florida, so the Department of Agriculture says there will be additional COVID-19 testing sites for farm workers in St. Lucie and Miami-Dade. It won't cost them anything. The Ag Department, the Division of Emergency Management, and county governments are picking up the tab. Testing will continue as long as funding, demand, and availability allow. State Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says the health and safety of farm workers is vital to Florida's agriculture industry, our food supply, and the state economy. Next up on the Sunrise Interview, Steve Vancore talks about his latest poll on the presidential race in Florida. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. 
Welcome back to Sunrise. Florida may be the most important swing state in the 2020 election, and the conventional wisdom is that Donald Trump cannot win without us. The summer surveys suggested the Florida race was a dead heat, but recent polls show Joe Biden appears to be pulling ahead. So our resident pundit and pollster, Steve Vancor, decided to find out for himself. Well, I couldn't help myself. You know, we, we own a company called Clearview Research. We do a lot of polling all over the state. And uh, this is a non-client project, just something Steve Vancor walked in and said, I want to know based on our polling methodology, I'm seeing nationally people coming into our state polling. I'm hearing a lot of word that they're seeing Biden up five, six, seven points. Could it be? Could it be? You know, everybody knows it's axiomatic. The race will be close. Um, and who knows what the race will end up at, right? But right now, on a balanced sample of likely voters, we did 550 sample. Uh, and I'll explain what I mean by balance because this is important. I have Biden up seven points over Trump. And I was a little shocked by that because I didn't think it was going to be that high. And let me tell you, Rick, what we did that's a little different than what most people do um, for, for consumption purposes. One of the challenges that every pollster has, even the very best, the very worst pollsters share one challenge in common, and that is this predicting what turnout will look like, okay? And the way you normally do that is you normally look at past similar elections. Well, I think we can both agree on one thing. We've never had an election like this, right? There's no template. Uh, every yeah. day, yeah, every day is something crazy big, right? This was supposed to be the, the Black Lives Matter election, and it was the COVID election, and it was the RBG election, and it's the COVID election again because the president's got COVID. He's out of commission. No, he's back. You know, it's, it's something big and different every, every week, it seems, if not every day. And so I don't know what turnout's going to look like. But based on the past, we would run normally what's called a plus two Republican model, which means you take each percentage of Democrats, Republicans, NPAs, I think Republicans, will, the net turnout of raw voters cast, Republicans will have more voters that show up on Election Day a, a total, right, to vote right. than Democrats. That's one model, plus two Republican, because the last three elections have all had more Republicans voting in the general than Democrats. But, but we're seeing a lot of enthusiasm for Democrats right now, Rick. Right now, Democratic ballots already returned. The Democrats are outpacing the Republicans by 70, 70 percent. Normally, when one has an advantage in vote by mail or one has an advantage in early voting, it's single-digit advantage. Sometimes low do Oh, it's an 11-point advantage for Republicans to vote by mail. I've never seen 70% advantage by one party over the other. And that's what we're looking at right now with Democrats. So one might say the Republicans are, are – uh, I mean, the Democrats are way ahead and they're going to stay ahead. I, I don't know about that because once early voting starts on Monday – Republicans might close the gap, and who knows what's going to happen on Election Day. So we ran three models, plus two Republican, even, and plus two Democrat. Biden is winning among all of those. In a plus two GOP model, Biden's up five. On even, which is I'm kind of thinking it's going to be about even, we got Biden up seven. And if Democrats keep this up and they end up at plus two, Biden's up nine. That's a lot, that's a lot of vote that he's up. And so good news for Biden, 
Is this a predictor? No. <laughs> Voter, voters change their mind. Voter turnout changes the outcome. Something big could happen. Uh, if, you know, if a meteor doesn't hit the planet before the election, it'll be a little bit of a surprise. Something could happen. But right now, I think the other polls that you're seeing out there are, 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 are correct. Biden is in the lead right now. Now, I had talked to you earlier, and you were one of the few, shall we say, Democratic-leaning pollsters who actually thought Trump was going to win Florida. Uh, what do you think has changed? Well, I, a lot of things have changed, and I do. I, 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 I lean into any natural inclinations I would have and set that aside for, by looking at the data. But what has ha- happened, we had a, Trump's had a one-two punch. When RBG passed away, um, that was good. I think I said on your show, that was good for Democrats, I mean, good for Republicans, because we've had this argument before. When it comes to the court, Republicans in Florida tended, that matters more, right? So here he was starting to close the gap. I thought that was going to be the last big thing that happened in the election. Boy, was I Whoops. wrong. <laughs> then he had, the, he had the worst debate ever, right, in, in modern history since, you know, Nixon's no-shaving debate. Um, and it was the aftermath of that debate that started to kind of confuse and anger people. He was so rude. He was so obnoxious. The aftermath was it really hurt him. He began to slide. Then he gets the COVID. He gets the COVID. It takes him out of commission. Okay, it takes him out, out, out of play. And it also discredits him with a lot of older voters. Um, and so that's why I think he's trying to make this comeback. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm immune. Uh, I'm the all-powerful Oz, et cetera, et cetera. That's just not playing well with voters. We see he's starting to slide among a lot of crossover uh, uh, Republican older voters who are like, wait a second. <laughs> You've been telling us the whole time this thing's a big fraud. Now suddenly you're you're being life-flighted to a VA facility. So I think the one-two punch of the debate followed by him getting COVID uh, has turned voters off. But as Steve said at the start of the show, polls are not predictors. Your calendar of events begins at the University of North Florida, where the trustees are meeting in Jacksonville at 8.30. The Florida Healthy Kids Corporation meets by conference call at 9. The Florida Defense Support Task Force meets online at 9. State Senator Tom Wright of New Smyrna Beach speaks to the Brevard Veterans Resource Network at 9.30 in a video conference call. The Gulf Coast State College Board of Trustees meets at 10. The Florida Supreme Court releases weekly opinions at 11. And the Board of Optometry meets by conference call at 11.30. And now the fun part of the show. Two Florida men have been charged with a string of burglaries in Ocala because one of them left his ID behind. The Marion County Sheriff's Office says 41-year-old Robert Hobby and 23-year-old Marcus Reeves broke into several stores to rip off cigarettes and lottery tickets. They left a shoe behind at one burglary, another time they left some tools. But during their most recent adventure, Reeves left his wallet, including his driver's license. Deputies simply went to his house, knocked on the door, they say he confessed. Both men are jailed on a total of 14 charges of grand theft and burglary. The Putnam County Sheriff's Office is looking for the Florida man who dropped a deuce outside a school. Surveillance video shows him pedaling up to the school on his bicycle and then pooping on the main campus drain. The video also shows him peeping into windows and eventually going into the cafeteria, where he snags some beverages. If they can find him, police say the campus crapper will face a felony charge of burglary. And a Florida girl was ordered to quarantine at home for 10 days because she was having her period. Sheila Gale's 8th grade daughter told the school nurse she was fatigued, which is a symptom of COVID. It's also a symptom of menstruation, but the administration at Lexington Middle School in Fort Myers said she'd have to go into quarantine or get a note from her doctor if she wanted to return to school. 
Well, she is back in class now, but her mom is wondering if she'll have to get a doctor's note every month. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.